yesterday at the 5 p.m. Sunday Mass and Saturday, Sunday Mass. So at the, the Sunday Mass last night, uh, we had a wedding. And many of the people are looking at me just the way you are. What? And I assure them, it's not going to take any longer than a baptism. It's going to be fine. Because they're all looking around like everybody's sitting, like half the people are dressed up and half the people aren't. And what's going on? And that half of, of a good portion of the bride's family is Protestant, so they really had no idea what was going on. So everybody had no idea what was going on. It was, it was, it was interesting. But it was lovely. It really was. To be able to celebrate this couple's union, which wasn't a coincidence. They had decided uh, as a couple that they not only wanted their wedding to be at a Sunday liturgy, but they wanted it on the solemnity of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. It was no coincidence. And in fact, ever since Vatican II, uh, the church has uh, striven to have more of our sacraments, more of our liturgies held during the Sunday Mass. Uh, not a private ceremony. In the uh, staff meeting, every now and then, they'll uh, they'll say someone will say something about a, a private baptism. And I'll, <coughs> oh, sorry, Paul, sorry, uh, service baptism service. We really don't do private sacraments. It's it's technically not even allowed unless a person is is causing a, a problem, uh, especially for the bride and the groom. I have no reason to tell anyone that they can't come to anybody, no matter when or where it's being held. There's no private ceremonies at all. They're all public witnesses for the church. So we uh, uh, buried them uh, last night, and, uh, and they were and continue to be a witness for the community. And as I said, uh, a vast majority of the bride's family is Protestant. That's because two months ago, she entered full communion with the Catholic Church. She had a very long road, spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, all to get here. Uh, she, uh, she had discovered the mystery, the wonder, the amazing uh, gift of the Eucharist. And that brought her eventually into full communion with the Catholic Church. Her father is a Protestant minister. And for his part, I think he handled it pretty well. I can imagine for most of uh, his time with his daughter, watching her grow up, he assumed that he would have her wedding. He would officiate at her wedding. But apparently God has other plans in mind. They came to this place with their family and friends, witnessed to their love, their desire, see Christ at work in one another, and to have Christ seen at work within them. And I, I began by commenting on the reality that we had a few very special people here amongst us, and I'll do the same uh, today. I told them rather quickly it wasn't them. I was going to get to them in a moment, but I had some special people I wanted to recognize uh, beforehand. Now, we have some very ordinary people here. Three ordinary people. Myself, Father Oz, and Deacon Mark. We are very, very ordinary. But we have 
thankfully, the courage and desire of several, of many people here, extraordinary people amongst us. We're ordinary, you all are very extraordinary. Those who help the priest and the clergy distribute Holy Communion are uh, known as extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion. And so with those who have ever helped to distribute the body and blood of Jesus Christ, would you please stand now and be recognized? All of you extraordinary people. There you go. Look at all of them. Thank you. Let's give them a round. Thank you so much. You are indeed extraordinary. And we would just imagine if we counted just on the ordinary ministers how long it would take to go to communion. It would take forever. So we have extraordinary uh, ministers to help us. And they sometimes have a challenging uh, role to play. They are called upon to present the elements of the Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ, to hold up either the host or the chalice and say either the body of Christ or the blood of Christ. And this is important. The words we choose are important. Have you ever wondered why it is that we say the body of Christ instead of this is the body of Christ? In fact, that's the words Jesus used. We heard them today in the institution area. This is my body. This is my blood. And we don't say this, we just simply say the, because it's not just. And when I say not just, it's amazing, the reality of the Eucharist. But the presence of Christ isn't just in the Eucharist. Gazing through that element, either the host or the chalice, the ordinary and extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion are challenged to see Christ in that person. As you come forward, to see through the body of Christ, the body of Christ, to witness to that reality, that what you are receiving, you become. You, we, the church, are the body of Christ, alive and well in the world, making Christ's presence known. And, there's an end there. Challenge continues because you, as the receiver, say amen. Yes. Hopefully, pretty loudly and affirmingly. It's, it's always good to hear a nice affirming amen. You're saying yes to that. You, looking through that element as well, looking at me and the other ministers, are saying yes. Not only is that the body of Christ, but I am with all my faults and failings, with all the faults and failings, the humanness, the brokenness of the extraordinary ministers. We see Christ at work in one another. And that is what this couple is challenged to do, to see Christ in the other. It, on its own, is rather an absurd idea to be able to see in our humanness Christ at work. But that is what we are challenged to do. What gets in the way, what prevents us from both being seen and seeing the body of Christ through 
the body of Christ? Pride. Every day. Pride. Our heads are full. Constantly. Mine as well. With worries and concerns, daily activity, where am I going next, what do I have to do, all of that fills our minds and makes it a little bit more difficult to say amen to that amazing reality. And so we are challenged, and I challenge the couple, to look for a little bit more humility. I think the world, no matter where we're at, we all can agree, the world can use a little bit more humility. Me, most assuredly, every single day. So I challenge them to pray the litany of humility as a couple. The litany, like any other litany, is a call and a response. So they can, hopefully one day, having children, they'll pray with their family. One will say the one, they'll respond with the other. And so I'm gonna, we're going to pray part of it, not the entirety, but part of it here together today. Your first response is hear me. And just like with amen, let's give it a nice hear me. Oh, Jesus, meek and humble of heart. Your next response is deliver me, Jesus, from the desire of being esteemed, from the desire of being loved, from the desire of being extolled, from the desire of being honored, from the desire of being praised, from the desire of being preferred to others, from the desire of being consulted, from the desire of being approved, from the fear of being humiliated, from the fear of being despised, from the fear of suffering refuse, from the fear of being alleviated, from the fear of being forgotten, from the fear of being ridiculed, from the fear of being wrong, from the fear of being suspected. Amen. It goes on, but I'll leave that uh, for you to look up. This is the litany of humility, the contemporary version, EWTN says. It's the contemporary version, which means it was written in 18-something. That's how contemporary it is. The other ones go back quite a bit further. But the litany of humility, it allows us to begin to think a little, a little less of us, and a little more on who it is we are receiving and who it is that we are receiving it from and who we are called to become. Humility often in today's world is seen as a negative thing. You have to put yourselves down. And it is thinking a little less of yourself. But it's thinking of yourself a little less so that you can see who you truly are. The God of the universe has desired and found it worthy that you receive him into your being. When we are humble, we receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ, and we become the body and blood of Jesus Christ.